0: Thank you for listening to The Rest is History. For bonus episodes, early access, ad-free listening, and access to our chat community, sign up at restishistorypod.com. That's restishistorypod.com.
1: Before we get started today, this was supposed to be our big announcement of our first live show in a year. It's on the 13th of November in London.
0: But we released the tickets early to our club members, and um, they've pretty much sold out. Now, it is still possible to join the waiting list. The link is in the episode notes where you can search The Rest is History live.
1: So as I said, this was going to be our only live show in 2022. So um, we're very sorry if you've missed out. Um, And if you don't want to miss out in the future, you can always join the club at restishistorypod.com. Restishistorypod.com. But we're going to try and work out if there's something else we can do.
0: We're going to see if we can work out some other arrangements or... Maybe one extra show, or we'll we'll see when we're Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But I'll keep you posted on that. And in the meantime, even if you don't want to join the Rest is History Club, just keep listening. Hello, and welcome to the Rest is History's Love Island. The couples are on their way to the island, bronzed, buffed, stripped and ready yes it is that time of the year again and if you're wondering what i'm talking about don't ask me because this is not my idea this is The idea <laughs> of my co-presenter tom holland who <laughs> reveals himself to be an unexpected reality tv show enthusiast so tom what is love island and why are we doing it i don't really know because i've never watched it oh no but, but
1: we we are a podcast, are we not, that responds to great public events. So we've responded to political events, the sporting events, uh, to all kinds of occasions. Yeah. And there is no question that here in Britain, Love Island um, is a big event. We are obviously Huge. both kind of 273. So it yeah. completely passes us by. However, I have two daughters. And you may remember that last year, my younger daughter, Eliza, persuaded us to do uh, a, a version of Love Island on our episode on Henry VIII's six, six wives. wives one by amber lim yeah one by amber lim who absolutely iconic contestant um and so this time round i thought it would be good we'll do a whole episode themed around love island but because i've never watched it and i don't really know how it works tom your research has let
0: you down I, completely no but
1: i i i have an elder daughter who is on hand and is at the end of this microphone so a great great thrill to welcome to the podcast my elder daughter katie welcome to the is history
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a childhood dream.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, so, um, Katie, just for the benefit of the many British listeners and the many overseas listeners who may have no idea what Love Island is, could you just give us a very, very brief sketch about what it what it involves?
2: Of course. Um, So, it's been going on now, I believe, for six seasons, um, and essentially. Um, Love Island is where you get a group of very good looking people um, onto an island in Mallorca and they're completely cut off from the outside world. So they have a phone, but they can only talk to the other islanders on the phone. Um, they have no idea what people are saying on Twitter, which is kind of part of the fun, is looking at all the memes that come out um, of the show. Um, and essentially, the aim of the show is to win. So you get um fifty grand at the end of it, and you can decide whether you are gonna um, split that money with your partner or you're gonna keep it. So the aim of the game is to show are you really in it for love or are you doing it?
1: Are you selfish?
0: an egocentric like grasper
2: Yeah, to become an influencer and and sell yeah and like sell expensive uh, toothpaste on Instagram. But,
0: but how does the so the contest so what are they doing? Are they kissing? What are they? Because my son s- says some of his, some of the girls at school, some of the 10 year old girls have seen it, but they call it the love kiss show. Um, kiss so, show. So, so presumably there must be some love kiss as well as islanding going yeah. on.
2: Yeah, so yeah, good question. Um, so,
0: think,
2: <laughs> so every single week, there's a thing called the recoupling. Um, so it'll either be the boys that choose the girl that they want to couple up with, or the girls choose. Um, and the moral of the show is if you're single, you get dumped from the island.
1: <laughs> right, okay, right. so there's so there's real jeopardy. So basically, they ha- people have
0: to pair up, so that's the, that's yeah. the key. Yeah, you,
2: you have to try and, and kiss anyone who... who
0: okay, you. okay. Just so one I, quick question, can I just intervene? The coupling up, as you call it... Yeah. I mean, they're not... I mean, to, to ask a very boring... Well, not a boring, a very exciting logistical <laughs> question, they're not kind of physically coupling on TV in front of the cameras, are they or are they?
2: um they did in okay so they did in recent series when it was less famous but i think now the stakes are higher so that also adds another layer of complexity it's like are people really in it for love anymore okay
1: okay so we are going to send five hunks and five babes um not to majorca but to dominic sandbrook's fantasy island pleasure island tom sorry
0: dominic sandbrook's pleasure island for those people who don't know, that was the name that the BBC wanted to give a TV documentary that I that I made. Um, just to be clear as well about one other thing, I'm so excited about this episode that I've lost my voice. So <laughs> that adds another level of complexity to the discussion. So we, we are going to
1: send uh, five historical hunks and five historical babes to... Um, To Dominic Zambrook's Fantasy Island. Pleasure Island. (laughs) Pleasure Island. Um, and they will then have to, to couple up. But Katie, we asked you to, to nominate, uh, 10 archetypes and you sourced all your friends, didn't you? And so this is a kind of a group, your group conclusion as to, as to the, um, the 10 archetypes of, of the contestants on Love Island. So could you just give them to us?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, and I'm really sorry in advance if I've missed any, but I did ask my friends just in case. Um, Okay, so I've put them into two groups, so men and women, but they could apply to either gender. But I think Dom and Tom, you've just put them according to the genders I gave you. So, okay, so men, so for the first one I said player, very good looking, keeps changing his mind about who he wants to be with. The second one is the kind of sweet shit one who <laughs> doesn't get anywhere and usually has quite a wholesome job. So the classic archetype of this is Dr. Alex in season four. He was of a doctor. Of course,
0: Dr. Alex. That's name Of name. yeah.
2: <laughs> um, number three is the traitor. He's very similar to the player, but pretends he's not. Um, and pretends he's in, more into his partner than he is. And then at Casa Amor, which usually happens in the fourth week, they get sent to another house where they have the opportunity to meet loads of more people and they potentially they pretty much always come back with a new girl after they come back to the main villa. Um, The number four is the producer's favourite. So usually pairs up with someone on the first day, stays with them and wins the competition. Always very likeable and unproblematic. And then, yeah, my dad loved this one. The funny one, a top lad, loves the lads, leader of the lads. (laughs) So that's the the five men. Then for the women, I've done number one, Bombshell who turns up and causes havoc, um, so she steals someone else's man and doesn't care. Um, the stupid but lovable one, the justifiably angry, jilted one who will call her extra chat and tell him off in front of everyone. Um, another producer's favourite he will pair up with the other producer's favourite, um, stay with them and win the competition. And then the gossip who lives for the drama and will ruminate on whether people actually like each other or are they in it for the fame okay so those are those are okay. the archetypes that i gave i you, hope Dani. they're faithful to the show
1: thank you very much okay so uh dominic we've divided them up haven't we we have indeed so we've each got five that we're putting into the house mm. so um shall i go first go for it My, yeah. so so i i've chosen uh, the the first uh, male um archetype the player who's very good looking keeps changing his mind about who he wants to be with and the historical hottie that i am sending in is george gordon lord byron uh brilliant poet uh notorious lover um and to say that he i I mean he was incredibly good looking he had the one the one thing he was very self-conscious about he had a club foot and so Mm. he didn't he didn't actually like to kind of strip off that's a problem on the
0: Love Island. Topic. So
1: that is that that is an issue. However, uh, he was a superb swimmer. He right. loved swimming because obviously, then he could he was as mobile uh, as he was tended to be immobile when walking. So um, presumably, there's a, there's a swimming pool in this villa. So he would he'd be very very proficient in the swimming pool. Yeah, but what's he going to wear? Like a wetsuit? I mean, he's got to strip off. Uh, well, he'd he'd have to wear. He'd, I mean, I think they're all wearing tight speedos, aren't they? Katie, is that right? They
2: all wear tight but, speedos.
1: And right. Byron yeah. um, Byron swam the Hellespont, so I think he'd have no problem just spending the whole time in the swimming pool.
2: Yeah, there was also a swimming pool to show off.
1: Great, great. So, so great. Byron Byron would be Thank good there. He's the kind of guy who cheated on his wife with his half-sister. That's, yeah. that's the very, measure of the man. That's very David Lloyd George. I mean, he just had a, a sequence of explosively notorious affairs, perhaps the most notorious one, uh, Lady Caroline Lamb. Wife of future prime minister Lord Melbourne, um, who was so obsessed with him that she she sent him uh, clippings of her pubic hair in a letter. She, um, when he when he dumped her, she uh, faked a suicide at the Duke of Wellington's ball. Uh, She got uh, all her servants to dress up in white wispy dresses and to dance around a bonfire and she chucked all his letters in um and byron by so 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 byron would be great i mean i get i get i guess the kind of the dialogue what they talk how they communicate with each other is very important on love island so byron was great byron's response to this um lady caroline lamb crept into byron's house uh, and found one of his um one of his books and wrote in the fly life remember me And Byron replied, remember thee, remember thee, till lethe quench life's burning stream. Remorse and shame shall cling to thee and haunt thee like a feverish dream. Remember thee, I doubt it not. Thy husband too shall think of thee. By neither shalt thou be forgot. Thou false to him, thou fiend to me. So that's the kind of banter that that Byron would be bringing. (laughs) But Tom, uh, in
0: very Byronic form, you're talking too much about Byron. We've got loads more to go through.
1: So excellent choice. Uh, and also a fantastic description of him from his personal physician, Lord Polidori, who just, they were, they were going on holiday together. Uh, and uh, Polidori said of Byron that as soon as he reached his room, he fell like a thunderbolt upon the chambermaid.
2: They do um, write each other uh, messages in tea towels when they ask a girlfriend. So they'll write it on the lawn.
0: On the tea towel. say,
2: I love you. <laughs> so maybe he can write his poem in the tea towels.
0: All right, who's your next one, Tom? Well, are you not? I think it's your turn. You should get right. one. All right. So I had to choose. The, I was told to choose the sweet one, who doesn't get anywhere. Usually does a wholesome job. And I've chosen the former U.S. president Jimmy Carter. Who <laughs> good um, choice? So Jimmy Carter, Katie, one-term president, former peanut farmer from Georgia. Um, I think he's going to suffer, frankly, on a couple of things. One is he's a teetotaler, and I don't know if they're allowed alcohol on Love Island. Mm. But I think it doesn't doesn't speak of a sort of party animal spirit that he refused <laughs> to have alcohol served in the White House. But he had peanuts, didn't he? He was a peanut farmer. Well, he was a peanut farmer. I don't know whether peanuts will avail him much on Love Island. <laughs> um, <laughs> Might be popular. He's, so he's married to Rosalind Jimmy Carter, and he's very uxorious. Uh, there's hey, absolutely no no suggestion of hanky-panky. They've got a daughter called Amy. Um, but the the... The sort of slightly complicating factor for for Jimmy is that he's a, he's an evangelical Christian, he's born again. He's the first evangelical Christian sort of president in modern American history. But when he was running for the presidency in 1976, he gave an interview to Playboy in which he in very sort of evangelical style, he he sort of lambasted himself about being full of sin. And he said um I don't think of myself as better than other people. I'm actually a seasoned and practiced adulterer uh because oh. i've looked it, um because although I haven't actually done it in reality oh. I've, <laughs> I've, I've looked on women with lust i've I often find myself looking on a, other women with lust, and I know that this is terrible behavior <laughs> um so I think for somebody like Jimmy Carter who's quite buttoned up, never drank, spent a lot of time at peanuts. Going to Camp David and trying to do talks and um, trying to stop people use too much el- electricity, which is basically his thing, or too much petrol. I think the shock of Love Island it would be very very interesting. <laughs> how how would how would, he'd look quite good in his speedos, wouldn't he? Because he went for runs. He, yes, he, well, he went for a run and collapsed. He, Tom. Yes, yeah. So he famously went for a run and collapsed. He also went boating and was attacked by a killer rabbits. Rabbit. A um so he's got an unfortunate he's an accident prone he's kind of accident prone um I'm just anxious about the committing lust in his heart because I think that sets a bad precedent and if he's coming out with that first of all if he's coming out with that stuff on the island what are the girls gonna think and secondly um you know is it all gonna be too much for him is he gonna suddenly abandon his faith and his kind of long cherished principles and just go wild <laughs> or will he just sit in the corner and cry? It's very hard <laughs> yeah. to say. Yeah. I well, I mean, that's, that's all the excitement, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, it
2: they is. have to do, they have to do video confessions. Um, well, he'd be great at world. that. Yeah. He'd it's kind of like Big Brother. I think he'd probably have an existential crisis in one of the, in one of the yeah. Bless so, him.
1: But how yeah. would, how would, how would that play with the, uh, with the fans, Katie?
2: Um, what do you mean? Like with the,
0: Yeah, Jimmy, I think they confess- love him. You think yeah. they'd love him?
2: I yeah. think so. I think the memes would start pretty much straight away. Yeah, but they'd be kind of in in good nature.
0: See, there's part of me that thinks that actually he he could get quite far in the competition. Well, just we'll find out. will we don't Well, you, Yeah, yeah usually
2: they they keep the the kind of the one who's not very good at getting the women in for quite a long time.
0: Right. Well, he's got to hope then because he? he's
2: a fan favorite.
0: So so
1: that's Lord Byron and Jimmy Carter. Um, let, let's move on to the women. So um, I've got the stupid but lovable one. Um and I this was actually quite difficult because there aren't many stupid but lovable people who who kind of make a name for themselves in history they're either very clever or they're not very lovable <laughs> um but the person that I have nominated is um Francis Stuart who lived between 1647 and 1702 um she was born to royalist courtiers during the, the civil war the english civil war so they moved to paris um and she was born two years before the execution of Charles I. So she grew up outside England. Um, but when Charles II went back to England with the Restoration, she went. And first of all, she she was a, a kind of lady in waiting to Charles II's mother, and then to his wife, Catherine of Braganza. And she was stunningly beautiful. So she was known as La Belle Stuart. Uh, everyone at Charles II's court was obsessed with her. Samuel Pepys went on and on about how gorgeous she was. Duke of Buckingham fell head over heels in love with her. But the the person, the biggest person who fell in love with her was Charles II himself, who was desperate to make her his mistress. And Francis Stewart was so dumb that she turned him down. Oh, um, Francis. And she she was described by a french courtier uh, that it would be difficult to imagine less brain combined with more beauty <laughs> <laughs> wow um so and she was so beautiful that she became the model for the first um portrait of britannia that appeared on kind of medals and coins issued in 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 1667 which was the same year that she ended up finally Pairing up with someone who was actually uh, not a bad catch—the Duke of Richmond—so she became the Duchess of Richmond, um, and and then lived a very happy life. So um, she she may have been dumb, but she she was beautiful and happy. So I think that she'd be—I think she'd be very popular.
2: Oh, excellent choice! She's going to go far.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so. All right, so I'll choose a woman. Um, i one of your categories, Katie, was the gossip.
2: Mm. Um
0: in it for the drama and, and ruminates on whether women, people actually like each other in it for the money. So I've chosen another 1970s character. I've chosen Marcia Williams, Lady Falkender. So she was Harold Wilson's political secretary, but she was an immensely controversial figure in British life in the seventies. Um, so she's from quite a humble background. From, she's the daughter, I think of a Northamptonshire builder. And um, she's, she's not as an immensely good looking woman. I think it's fair to say. So, But she's very charismatic and very clever. And she's always plotting and scheming in Wilson's sort of back office. Um, She was married earlier and then divorced. She has two children secretly with the political editor of The Daily Mail, um, mm. which you might odd thing for a for a labor insider to do and and that, but later on there's a lot of controversy about whether or not she was accepting secret donations from shady businessmen to pay for her children's school fees, which you might say is again mm-hmm. slightly interesting from um, uh, the, a labor special advisor um, but basically there was always this suspicion that hung around her about whether she was a boring poison the whole time. Into Harold Wilson's ear and poisoning him against his ministers, and B whether he he whether the two of them were secretly having an affair, and the story one of his um aides said that claimed that in in one of their many blazing rows that they would have in Downing Street rows that would basically put sort of Boris and carries carry on to to shame. Sometimes she would raise her handbag and she'd tap her handbag <laughs> and she'd point to it meaningfully <laughs> and she'd say. I have things in here that will destroy you. Um, <laughs> I I, call one, <laughs> one, call, one call to the Daily Mail and you'll be finished. That's what I do with Tom, actually, a lot, with your dad. <laughs> yeah, it is. All the time. It is. Uh, the, is, is, the that Love thing, I, is that Love Island behavior? Okay. But the other thing, this, that is this Love Island behavior? Wait for this. The other thing is apparently one, at one point, I think it's in, I'm not sure if it's in Downing Street or just before they get into Downing Street, they have a massive row. So that's Marcia Williams, Harold, and Mary, his wife. And Marcia rants at Mary. And she says, um, I have only one thing to say to you. I went to bed with your husband five times in 1955. <laughs> and it was and it was not satisfactory. <laughs> so, um, and then, of course, when Harold Wilson resigns, there, there are claims that basically she wrote his resignation honors list for him on lavender notepaper, the lavender list, as it was called, basically giving peerages to all her cronies, In return for help with the school fees so that's marcia williams i think she'd be a combustible character on love island i think the issue of the satisfactoriness or otherwise of the couplings would obviously you know play a part Hmm. um and i don't know i mean i don't see her as a fan favorite but i think certainly the newspapers would enjoy her presence
2: yeah i i don't know i kind of think everyone would say whoever found her deserves a pay rise because she's such good tv
0: yeah yeah good okay. i get pay rise yeah. brilliant
1: okay yeah. so okay so um I, i've got another woman next um and this is the bombshell who turns up and causes havoc steals someone else's man and doesn't care
2: doesn't
1: uh, care so uh, so katie this is um this is a person who's born eliza gilbert so same mm-hmm. name as your sister uh, but she's um much flightier than uh, than our eliza so she was uh, of irish stock uh, but spent her early childhood in india then came back Went to school in Scotland, in in the northeast of England. Uh, she used to run naked through the streets, uh, which caused some eyebrows to be raised. And this was, at, sorry, this was, so this is at the beginning of the 19th century. So she's born in 1821. So this is the Victorian period. So you can imagine that running naked through the streets in Victorian Scotland was not a common, not a common thing. 16, age 16, she elopes with a soldier. So very kind of Pride and Prejudice. Uh, it goes back to India. Um, She has a massive bust up with her husband, leaves him um, in Calcutta, comes back to London and she has become a dancer. And not only has she become a dancer, but she pretends to be a Spanish dancer and she has taken on the name of Lola Montez. So she performs as a dancer. She's not probably not just a dancer and she gets recognised as having been Eliza Gilbert. And so she flees to the continent where (laughs) she she has a spectacular career as a courtesan. So in Paris, she has an affair with uh, Alexandre Dumas, who, who writes The Three Musketeers, um, very, very shrewdly. And I think this is very Love Island behavior. She has an affair with a French guy who not only owns a newspaper, but is the dance correspondent. So can obviously write amazing reviews of Lola Montez, bigging so, her is up. Is she in it for
2: money? Or She's, is she in she, it for love? She, 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 I think
1: she's in it for the money. She's in it. For, she's in it for the money because she just burns through men like nobody's business. And having having kind of got off with this newspaper critic, she then gets her biggest catch, who is Ludwig the First of Bavaria, who basically allows her to run the country until there's a revolution in 1848, and and um, Leila Montez has to kind of go running off. So having been kicked out from Bavaria, she goes back to London where she marries again. This is a bigamous relationship. So. You know, illegal. So she flees to America, where she has further marriages, further affairs. People that she's had an affair with get—they all get end up getting murdered or disappearing. She goes to Australia, where she um, she has a notorious art, the Spider Dance, which kind of is a kind of can-can. Uh, she horsewhips people who uh, annoy her, <laughs> yeah. uh, and she's just—it's just, just generally—it's kind of chaos, drama. Uh, She'd be an amazing, amazing contestant. She's, uh, she's had a huge impact on literature. So she's probably the model for, um, uh, Irene Adler in the Sherlock Holmes story, A Scandal in Bohemia. Uh, and in the Flashman Ooh. series, uh, Flashman has an affair with her in Royal Flash. So, um, she, she would be a combustible, highly entertaining, highly glamorous, um, a contender, she could do her spider dance, I think, would be a great fan favourite. Um yeah. and she would just I mean she I think she'd find it very hard to stay coupled with one person unless she could be absolutely certain that person was going to win, in which case she'd probably stick with him.
2: Such a good choice. She really reminds me of my favourite all time Love Islander. Mora. <laughs> Which will be nothing to you. Okay, but but she's the look, best person I've ever seen on TV, and she was also Irish. She surely wasn't she's the first
0: a, person you'd ever seen on TV. You must have seen people on TV before.
2: <laughs> but she's the best person I've ever seen on TV. Oh, the best
0: person. I thought you said the first person. Oh, uh,
2: not the um, first. But she. I had yes, a little, she terrible is image
0: inside then into the Holland household. You're banned from watching television <laughs> yeah, until, <laughs> until Love Island. Until Love Island. <laughs> Love Island
2: comes <laughs> on.
0: Victorian dad gets it wrong. Yeah, yeah. but there's so, actually
2: dance competition. As, yeah. Oh, well, well, well I've, she,
0: I've, yeah. I've got a dancer at my sleeve, Katie, but I'll, I'll hold her back for the time being because oh. I think she's a bit similar to Lola Montez. But also I want her to have the maximum possible impact, so I'll bring her in near the end. Oh. So just one more before the break. So uh, you wanted a traitor, didn't you? You wanted a male traitor, very similar to the player, but with the difference that he pretends to be more into his partner than he is and then randomly pairs up with somebody else. So when I saw the word traitor, I thought, I'm just going to go in quite big with this. I'm going to go with the traitor. So I've gone with Judas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that's Judas. a massive
0: choice, a so, massive choice. <laughs> so Judas enters the island. So what we know of Judas, I think there is some doubt about whether Judas is there for love or whether he's there for the money, or more specifically for the 30 pieces of silver. Um, so that, that, that's, I mean, Judas has got form. I think it's fair to say that although some of the other Love Islanders may not have heard of each other, they'll all have, by and large, have heard of Judas. So he comes in with baggage. Yeah, the, um, he's already guilty of one absolutely colossal betrayal um, as he yeah. comes into the into, but, into the island. But the interesting thing about Judas and what I think makes him a wild card in this competition, I mean, he's got a lot of mean potential because he 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 ended up hanging himself from a tree, didn't he, Tom? Yeah, he did. So uh, um, so fame didn't make him happy. Fame and wealth didn't no, make him happy. Uh, but and also with the thirty pieces of silver. But also the truth of the matter is, when it comes to sort of affairs of the heart. Judas is something of an enigma. We don't know anything about his romantic history, do we? I mean, there's very, there's, oddly the Bible is silent on um, mm-hmm. Judas's yeah. love life. So we just don't know how he's going to re- interact with the others. How is he going to get on with Lola Montez? Will he be pals with Lord Byron? Or G- I mean, Jimmy Carter obviously is yeah. going to yeah. have massive issues with Judas. Yeah. From the, from oh, the, the get go. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah he cause, is. Because, Jimmy you, you know, will be horrified to see Judas pitch up. I mean, there is, of course, the the, the plot
1: twist that you get in Jesus Christ Superstar, where actually he, he's he's betraying Jesus simply to try and get Jesus to, you know, reveal himself as the Messiah. So that suggests a kind of a talent for tricksy behaviour, for kind of psychological yeah. play that doesn't always come off. So well, that might be interesting. He might I think
0: the sort of Judas Marcia Williams, I could see them, yeah. If not coupling up, then certainly they could play an interesting part stirring up the others against one another. Yeah. And so on. Okay. So anyway, yeah, um, I'd be very I'm, I'm I'm particularly keen Katie to see how Judas gets on in this competition.
2: So do you think his motives might be more pure? maybe well this
0: is the enigma
1: i mean this is the fascination know. of it isn't it uh, and know, that will be for the audience to decide i mean
0: the man who's already sold himself for 30 pieces of silver 50 grand is a hell of a lot of money to judas
1: yeah yeah <laughs> um, okay would, i think what will he do for 50 grand i think on, the, on that cliffhanger we should take a break um and when we come back we'll look at the other five contenders
0: Welcome back to Love Island. The tension is mounting. The excitement is at fever pitch. Uh, we're joined by top Love Island uh, connoisseur, enthusiast, meme generator, and all-round expert, Katie Holland, um, who is of course the daughter of top uh, TV historian and Spider-Man Tom Holland. And um, Katie, we've done six of the Love Island contestants, haven't we? We've we've got had yeah. some pretty big names, unexpected names: Byron, President Carter, Judas front <laughs> marcia williams <laughs> uh and, and that's it isn't it and leila, no, leila montez, montez. Leila montez. And, and tom tom you're you're due to nominate your next yeah so i'm gonna go for a man
1: this time i'm gonna go for a lad and, and this one is the lad of lads so this is the funny one the top lad who loves the lads leader of the lads uh and i've gone for general george armstrong custer who, uh, great 19th century general, 1839 to 76, um, great general, chiefly famous for having led the 7th Cavalry uh, into the largest concentration of Native Americans <laughs> gathered in the 19th century and being wiped out. Yeah, you say he's a great general, Tom. He's a terrible general. But the thing about the, thing about the Battle of L- Little Bighorn is that it, it, gave, it, gave those, it gave the Sioux and their allies probably the, the single best moment of the 19th century Um, And I think that's what Custer was all about. He was about giving people a great time. Um, People adored him. He was nothing but trouble, but people completely adored him. So he was married. He he was married to Libby. And um, she wrote about Custer that my husband used to tell me that, that he believed he was the happiest man on earth. And I cannot help thinking that he was. Everything he did, he loved. He loved being in the cavalry. He loved having fun um sitting bull who was in command of the uh um of, of the native american forces at the battle of little bighorn said that he'd been told that when custer died he killed a man as he died and then he laughed so his very last thing was to kill someone and then laugh which basically sums custer up and the whole course of his career was a kind of constant succession of scrapes jams and and then people adored him so much that they would let him get out. So he was at West Point. He came bottom at West Point. He was he he got kind of court-martialed because he was supposed to be on sentry duty and he went off and got on a kind of lads piss up in the the local town. But everyone liked him so much that they let him off. Then the Civil War happened, and he was absolutely brilliant in the Civil War. He had these kind of golden ringlets he loads of cavalry dash he charged around and again everybody adored him at the end of the civil war he was the youngest general ever in the in the u.s army and from that point on he got he went out to the, the great plains um and he just gallivanted around uh peop- you know his superiors would say go and do this he'd go off he'd, he, he he traveled everywhere with a, a team of irish wolfhounds and so if he kind of saw a deer or a buffalo he'd go charging off after them and completely leave. <laughs> leave his troops stranded Um, and there was one occasion where um, a whole load of uh, soldiers went out to find him got ambushed by Native Americans they had their eyeballs taken out and put on rocks they had their testicles cut off and put in their mouths Custer was told about this and instead of feeling guilty about it he went how exciting for them (laughs) that must have been so exciting for them to be stalked and killed what a thrill and so that was basic that's basically what he is everything is a laugh it's a thrill it's excitement and and people cannot help but forgiving him
0: for all the kind of terrible scrapes that he gets into tom i'm not i'm not i'm not going to try and torpedo custer's chances because i know you want him to do well but i'm not right in thinking that by the time of little bighorn a he's a busted flush b he's starting to lose his hair i think which is surely a, a love island problem yeah i mean isn't there a counter argument that he's actually a terrible general yeah
1: he's a terrible general i i I, when i said great i mean great in the kind of love island sense that he looks like a general okay so not if he's
0: losing his hair not if the ringlets. yeah but but
1: but but, but he's entering it at the stage where in the words of one admirer um he is as beautiful as absalom with his yellow curls okay well so he's he's a lad yeah he does sound a lad he's how do you think he? Do, how do you think he do, Katie?
2: Well, I feel like the fact that he's not a great general doesn't really matter because they mentioned their jobs in the first week, and then it doesn't. Yeah, really I mean, come he's off. not there
1: to fight. He's not there to fight the Sioux, is he?
2: Well, also, I feel like he'd bring it into the games. He'd use like you know general um, imagery to rally the troops, rally his lads. Um, yeah. I think he'd do really yeah. well. Really. Um,
1: I mean, he'd yeah. love all the games. He'd love, you know, he'd he'd, he'd be playing pranks. He'd be stealing people's speedos and all that. You know, it'd just be non-stop bands.
2: I feel like he'd he'd put on the lady's fake tan just to see how it suited his golden locks. He would. Like Do you know what he'd be? He'd be yeah. general banter. He would. He really would. <laughs> I love them already.
0: All right. Okay. Well, I've got so my other female contestant, who deep down I think should win. Okay, see, I'm not going to put the pressure on you. Um, I think she should win. She's born in 500, about 500 AD, maybe from Syria. Maybe she's from Cyprus. She's the daughter of a dancer and an actress, and her name is Theodora. And she rises from humble beginnings to become Empress of Rome. Now, the thing about Theodora, so she ends up marrying the Emperor Justinian. um, And Justinian and Theodora are probably the single most famous couple to have been uh, to have ruled the Eastern Roman Empire. So that's the successor state. Well, it's not the successor state. It's the continuation of the Roman Empire in the East, Byzantium, as it's called. They're one of the two or three most famous imperial couples of all time. Um, Theodore is a formidable character. So when the, the, these riots in Constantinople, after the chariot racing, the so-called Nica riots, when people are shouting Nica, Nica, sort of victory, victory in smashing everything up and rampaging through Constantinople and the emperor is considering fleeing. It's Theodora who famously stiffens his resolve by saying the purple, the imperial purple cloak makes the best kind of funeral shroud. In other words, I'd rather die an empress than live as a commoner. And they stand uh, they, they stay and they kill everybody and and survive. Um, but the thing about Theodora is Theodora herself had been an actress and a dancer before she became empress. So that scandalized the kind of old elite at the court. And she is the subject of one of the raciest and most incendiary biographies ever written, The Secret History, by a man called Procopius, who had been a courtier and had sort of fallen out with the imperial couple. And he fills it with this sort of, frankly quite pornographic stuff about Theodora's past so he says before he says before she was empress her venal charms were abandoned to a promiscuous crowd of citizens and strangers of every night and of every position the fortunate lover who had been promised a night of enjoyment was often driven from her bed by a stronger or well or more wealthy favorite which is very love island procopius says Often, when she was alone with other actors, she would undress in their midst and arch her and arch her back provocatively, advertising like a peacock, both to those who had had experience of her and to those who had not yet had that privilege. Her trained suppleness, which I think is also very Lovarino yeah, behavior, is often she would go picnicking with ten young men or more in the flower of their strength and virility and dallied with them all the whole night through. And when they wearied of the sport, she would approach their servants, perhaps 30 in number, and engage with each of these. And even thus, she found no allayment of her craving. And though, now I apologize to some listeners for this, uh, although she flung wide three gates to the ambassadors of Cupid, she lamented that nature had not similarly unlocked the straits of her bosom, so that she might there have contrived a further welcome to his emissaries. So there's a lot of stuff like this, and there's also some carry on with geese, isn't there? Tom, or there, is,
1: there is, uh, so, so there aren't any, there aren't any geese in the. I suppose it could be, couldn't there? On it was my pleasure island, so I can pleasure islands. So you could have them. Okay, so, 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 so she did. She did stuff with geese. I don't think would make it onto primetime TV. Yeah,
0: but
2: did she? Or was that a rumor?
1: well that's the question isn't it
0: Well, that's that's the nature of this is the nature of that's of, the question and, of reality Dominic, tv in the and, age and, of social yeah. media isn't
1: it we don't know what's true and what's not and yeah. and also fair to point out that she does end up becoming a saint so yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see you know which which side of her character she brings out the the the, the side that does the things ex- with geese or <laughs> the side that just spends the whole time in church
0: praying because she's very religious isn't she tom she ends up very I mean, religious yeah yeah, so, yeah. so I think there is a lot going on with her, and frankly, Katie, I'll be astounded if she doesn't win. I'll be, I'll be shocked.
2: I do think she's the most interesting one. She kind of reminds me of Molly May in season season five.
1: <laughs> Does she? Did did <laughs> Molly? Yeah. Ha- w- was she friends with Geese?
2: Well, I don't know. There is just quite a lot to say there because I think the actress background is quite interesting. Yeah, um, the arching the so, back,
0: all that stuff. I mean, Well, on, so
2: so Molly May was an influencer before she joined Love Island. And so I think people had a perception of her that she was in it to win. Right. That she was good at playing up to the cameras. So maybe that would be Theodora's criticism on Twitter.
0: I think she would, yes, some people might. Well, obviously the Procopius took a great dislike to her. and yeah. um, I was sort basically of God, just making,
1: making it up, I
0: think. I think sort of Guardian readers will take against her because Procopius yeah. would have been a Guardian reading, wouldn't you, yeah. Tom? No, he's a Daily Mail. He's just making no, stuff but, up. No, Procopius is. You no, know, he's making stuff elite. up for the.
1: No, 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 no. He's he's tabloid. Tabloid. It's at Pure Tabloid Press. I think this is, that's fake news, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So um, I've also got an, uh, uh, an ancient member of royalty. Uh, so I'm going for. Uh, It's another woman, justifiably angry, jilted one. Almost always a woman will pull her ex for a chat and berate him in front of everyone. He won't care. So I have gone for Olympias, uh, fourth century queen from Epirus, who uh, ended up marrying Philip of Macedon and is the mother of Alexander the Great. Uh, And she had a tempestuous relationship with Philip, who was not a good boy, um, was constantly cheating on her. Um, and Olympias was, was a a terrifyingly, um, angry person, very, very formidable person. You wouldn't really want to annoy her, but Philip did. Um, and so there are all kinds of rumors that in the end, she ended up uh, having him assassinated, which would be a kind of extreme way to win Love Island. But I think Olympias, you know, if that's what she decided it took, she'd do it. Um, and other, I, I her other party trick, and again, perhaps this is something that would enable her to go directly in, in, um, uh, up against Theodora is that she's supposed to have uh, gone to bed with giant snakes. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know how that would go down with, with, with the watching fans, but, um, <laughs> so she, she would offer fans, um, snakes and an ability to eliminate anyone who annoyed her.
2: Which was her reputation that she was a spurned woman and she never got got him back really in the end
1: yeah well he had multiple
0: she he had multiple wives didn't he he it was just... he, yeah
1: he was endlessly marrying um uh, mm. uh other queens and also he he played the the dirty trick so so um Olympias was the the sister of the king of Epirus and so she could always rely on him but Philip kind of stabbed her in the back by sending off their daughter to to, to marry him so it was all very incestuous and devious and treacherous so, so did um, he have
2: the last laugh really no
1: because he ended no, up dead, dead and 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 she uh she she survived him so i offer i offer you olympias yeah i think she's she's
0: um controversial she might, isn't she yeah i think she might pull people's backs up the wrong way the snake stuff is a problem i think
2: uh, yeah i don't think she's gonna do that well
0: okay well I'm sorry yeah. okay no fine have we just got one left one left yeah so I, I, I'm in this to win this, actually. I want to see my contestants win. I
2: can tell. <laughs> um,
0: so there's one category left, which is producers' favourite. Always very likeable and unproblematic. Um, and so I thought I'd go for somebody very monogamous, uxorious, who pairs up quickly and then sticks by their partner for the rest of the competition. Somebody who a lot of rest is history that audience, you know, who, who they'll already like, because they know him as a great man of history. And trust and, him. And, and they trust him. Yeah, they trust him. And he's, of course, former Prime Minister Stanley Baldwin. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Stanley Baldwin, Katie, as I'm sure you know, you don't need me to tell you because I, I know Stanley Baldwin's name will trip off your tongue. Um, Stanley Baldwin was three times Prime Minister in the 1920s and 1930s. Criminally forgotten now, it pains me to say. Uh, a man of the Midlands. Um, he's very He appears very stolid, kind of paternalistic, conservative. Um, he gave a tenth of his fortune to pay off the national debt anonymously at the end of the First World War. So wow. he's an incredibly kind man, Katie. And I think that will count for a lot with the fans. Um, I think what will also count with the fans is he's not boring. So he's not Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter has committed lust in his heart, as we know. Stanley was almost kicked out of Harrow as a boy for writing his own pornography. And then, I'd forgotten this, that when he then went on to Cambridge, where he got third, um, his time at Trinity College, Cambridge, was blighted <laughs> by the fact that when he went to Cambridge, um, as soon as he arrived at Trinity, they said, oh, we've got a new master of the college. And to his horror, the new master of the college was the headmaster of Harrow. Oh, who had, no. <laughs> oh That's who awful. Had, who had never forgiven him for writing this porn. And basically... <laughs> And basically was always glaring at him or giving him, you know, muttering under his breath as he passed <laughs> Baldwin. So that was that was a problem for Baldwin. Um, but one more thing about Baldwin, which I think will endear him to the fans is Baldwin and his wife, Lucy, had, I think, six children, like I can't remember. But one of them, Oliver, who also became an MP, became an MP for the Labour Party and was gay and lived with his friend, Johnny, his partner, for all his days. And Stanley, defying the conventions of the times, um, was absolutely fine with this. Would write letters to them as a couple, have them over for dinner, yeah. all this kind of thing. Very, very progressive, good behavior. Now on top of that, now we need to talk about his his love life. So this is this will definitely I think this actually will tempt Tom away from some of Tom's own contenders. Stanley met his wife Lucy. Lucy, when you look at pictures of her, is not a natural Love Island contestant. I think it's fair to say she's quite a large woman. <laughs> but she's photographed in later life. So let's, let's, you know, give her the benefit of the doubt. But he met Lucy and, and he was as a young man. And what literally bowled him over was that when he first laid eyes upon her, she was bowling in a cricket match. Wow. Because she oh. was a very, very keen cricketer. She That's played for the white sweet. Heather club, which is, I think the first women's one, or one of the first women's cricket clubs. She was an excellent batsman or batswoman. Uh, her average, Tom, do you want know what her average was? Yeah. I'm asking you to guess. Oh, uh, 36. No, her batting average was 62. Wow. Higher at the time than the top professional men's player. So she was an absolutely first-class cricketer. Do you know, she she will bowl over the fans, Dominic. <laughs> Stanley Baldwin was <laughs> immensely impressed by her. He would take the train to go and watch her play cricket. And then when he would take the train home, home again... On the way home, he would get off Katie at every stop to send her a telegram saying how much he was missing her. Okay, so, yeah. Stanley yeah. Baldwin, I think. I mean, he's not in this for the money because he's giving well, his money away. He's in this for love. But he yeah. didn't adequately prepare us for the Second World War, so there is that. That is a minor no. So
1: that is a, <laughs> that, that is that there is more that. fake news. There is that. So that that is perhaps <laughs> a problem. But he, but I feel we'll like you're just
2: jealous because Dominic's choices. Are so- no, I, I'm not in it to win. I'm
1: in, I, I'm not in it to win. I'm in it to provide the fans with the best tell. show. That's that's the thing. So, so just before we, we you choose who couples up with who, we just need to run through who looks good in uh skimpy swimwear because that's that's key, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So who have we got? So we have got um Lord Byron. Byron will look good. Yeah. General Custer. General Custer would look good. Jimmy Carter, uh, not good. Jimmy Carter, probably not, not good. He's a bit bit scrawny. Yeah, a bit scrawny. Uh, Stanley Baldwin, terror, he wouldn't look good. I mean, he looks good in a tweed suit and a hat. But he's not <laughs> going to look good in speedos, is he? I mean, even you would admit that, Dominic. <laughs> I would. I would admit that, Tom, yeah. And who was the fifth man? I can't remember. Judas. <laughs> oh, Judas. Judas. <laughs> Judas. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, have, I have no idea. But he'd probably look quite good. Well, that's. The- <laughs> I mean, he's been roaming around Galilee for three years. So he's probably He'll quite, be quite fit, tanned. Yeah. <laughs> he'd be tanned, tanned. I think he'd look good. I think he'd look good. So, uh, and then the girls, uh, Leila Montez would obviously look sensational. Uh, Theodora would look sensational. Frances Stewart would look sensational. Olympias would probably look frightening. I just think there'd be something about how there would be, she'd probably have lots of menacing tattoos. And I can't remember who the fifth one was. Her Marcia Williams, Lady Ford. Oh, what would she look like in? <laughs> what, what would she look like twerking?
0: Uh, I can't even speak. I'm laughing so much, but also I've completely lost my voice. <laughs> okay, so I think Marcia Williams probably is in the Stanley Baldwin category when it comes to the swim. Okay, I don't think it's okay. a strong my suit. Okay. okay, so Katie, Dunn, can you can you
1: pair up those those ten contenders? so this is sort of week one is it Quite
2: hard the um,
1: fun of it isn't it
2: okay so i think i do okay so i think instinctively byron and olympia's would pair of, <laughs> sorry. Right. Yeah. i
1: yeah. think
2: she'd i think she'd like she'd want him because he wants everyone else
1: yeah so and, and he would be awful for her
2: he'd be awful and i so i think the producers would would make them get together through through games or
1: excellent pairing
2: yeah um yeah. Okay, I'm glad you thought that was nice and pairing because I, I wasn't really sure. Um,
0: no, you're the arbiter. You choose. You okay,
2: choose. I think Theodora and Stanley Baldwin. The- oh,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my dream couple. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to have them over for dinner.
2: <laughs> Don't really. I, I
1: cannot. I mean, that is so completely your dream pairing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Theodora and Stanley Baldwin, <laughs> Stanley Baldwin.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, good. Um, so that's the second couple. Do you couple. need to
2: say why, or can I just, just give you the pair? Yeah, no, yeah.
0: So that's what, obvious. So what, so that's what, obvious. I mean, well, yeah, but
1: but why, why do you think? Well, why is why it why Dominic's
2: would... dream, par- dream pairing?
1: Because Stanley Baldwin's his hero, and Theodora is his um, heroine.
2: Oh, I did it for he's you.
1: A, <laughs> he's always loved them. But, why, but Katie, um, why do you think that Stanley Baldwin and Theodora would make a natural couple?
2: <laughs> um cuz I think um they both have quite cheeky sides to them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one way of putting it. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's, that's a good reason. That's
0: a good reason. They're quite
2: good at they're not they they're, they're pretty good people.
0: At monogamy, especially. yeah. yeah. Part, heart think, of gold, heart of gold. Yeah.
2: And I think Theodora would be, you know, Sandy Baldwin's a leader, she's yeah. she's good at helping a, a leader. I think people at first wouldn't trust her, that they would think she was just with him because everyone likes him and that it's a clear way to money. You know, yeah. she's
1: a shrewd, a shrewd intelligent. And, and so rather than married someone who spends all her time playing cricket, maybe if he's matched up with someone who could say,
0: you know, rearm. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say. Yeah. You look it's at a very different story of the origins of the Second World War with Theodora I think
2: I think Theodora and Sunny would be quite sweet together, actually. Okay, Good. Uh Okay, <laughs> Marcy Williams. I just, I just don't know what to do with her. Um, yeah. Okay, I feel like, I feel like Lola Montez and General C- Custer would have a good time. Yeah,
0: I think they'd. Th- yeah, they'd be definitely would. I can't believe yeah. I'm taking this sufficiently seriously that I'm, I'm diligently noting down what you're saying. Okay, so that's. Uh, I think I agree. They
1: they completely go together. They are gin and tonic. Uh, fourth couple.
2: Okay, my fourth couple. Uh, Mossy Williams and Judas.
0: Yes. Mossy Williams and Judas. Okay. Yes. Yeah. that. I mean, that would be a toxic pairing, wouldn't it? Well, if she's tapping a handbag and threatening to ring the Daily Mail about him.
2: But I think because I think she, but I think she'd be intrigued by his motives, and she she'd would, say, yeah. "Maybe we would be a good power couple." I feel like they'd match in yeah, each other. Yeah.
0: Let's join up and make some. <laughs> right. Yes.
2: And I think yeah. they tried to sabotage everyone else.
0: <laughs> it would. Yeah, okay.
2: so that they could win, but I'm not sure they'd make it to the fight. Well, no, I guess no, no. It's for the fans to say, isn't it? But
0: well, it's no for you. It's for you to say actually.
2: Um, mm. and then I finally put um Jimmy Carter and Francis Stewart.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can see um. that working, <laughs> but they're both sweet people. But Jimmy Carter's done very well for himself there, I think, unaccountably well. Yeah. yeah,
2: I think I think he'd be completely obsessed with her, but would be panicking in the. I think
0: I think I think that's
1: a very very sweet pairing. Right, but, right, but, but somebody has to go. Right, they they do. But Dominic and Katie, back me up here. Um, part of the, the the complication is that you then th- you bring new people into the mix, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's also part of it. They're parachuted in. So Dominic, what I thought we should do is that we should uh, before Katie decide who gets. Uh, gets thrown off because we're, ha- we're going to have four couples <laughs> that go up to the public vote so one of these one of these four five couples needs to go okay before we do that let's introduce three lads and three babes right. in their in their their tight speedos and their bikinis <laughs> to see whether katie thinks that any of these might be successful in in Kind of worming their way in. I've chosen three lads. You've chosen three babes. I'm
0: gutted that you've incriminated me in this, but go on. Yeah.
1: yeah. Go on. <laughs> okay. So the three lads that I've chosen, and all of these are are friends of the show. So regular listeners to podcast will will probably know who they are. Okay. Go so on. the first the first person I'm introducing. Well, actually, they are a pair of lads. They're they're good old they're, they're friends. The first one is Dietrich von Hülsen Heyesler, who Look. Katie is the chief of the um, German General Staff. But is chiefly known for the way that he died. Uh, so he was in a hunting lodge with the Kaiser and a whole and all the top general German generals. Um, the Kaiser is feeling a bit down. <laughs> Dietrich von Hilsenheiser goes out of the goes said. out of the room in mid supper, <laughs> and suddenly bursts back in dressed in a tutu, pirouettes, does dance of the sugar plum fairy, and then keels over dead. Now, do, do you think that this would be a party trick that would appeal? <laughs> To any of um, any of the any of the girls <laughs> in <laughs> that we've got there,
2: I think oh, because that Assume reminds them. me very much of a moment in two thousand
0: nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? <laughs> well, what happened? Tell us, Wait, tell but, all.
2: So um, there's a dancing challenge um, where you have to try and get the your partner's heart rate up. <laughs>
0: well, it, goodness! And I it reminds
2: me of Curtis a bit. Um,
0: so there is a couple of dancers in the mix. I mean, experienced maybe, dancers. Yeah, Theodora, Lola Montez.
2: Maybe Lola Montez.
0: You think she ditched General Custer for for Dietrich Graf von Hazler? Well, I'm not sure. I don't listen, think
2: she would. I don't think. she Okay, would. well, listen,
0: Katie. To the,
1: the, the the two other lads who come in. The next one is is Dietrich von Hazler's friend, the Kaiser. Oh gosh! But disaster because he's come in in his tight speed days looking good. But he's wearing deck shoes. He's oh, wearing deck shoes. shoes. They're the wrong shoes. He's got the wrong end of the stick.
2: Oh no!
1: But would would the fact he's wearing deck shoes exactly? I mean, the wrong footwear. I didn't know how would, that would play. What would Olympias or Marcius? Okay. And the third about. the third friend of the show who's coming in is uh, is General Gordon, uh, yeah. Chinese Gordon, great imperial <coughs> hero in China, uh, in Khartoum, ends up dying there. But he's possibly not the ideal, not the ideal <laughs> person to go on love island because it was said of him that the presence of ladies especially fashionable ladies filled him with uneasiness <laughs> um and on, on one occasion he he went to the ballet in naples sat there for about five minutes was so appalled by uh by the spectacle of what the ballerinas were wearing that he stormed out crying you call that civilization so i i don't know whether you think any of those would would really I mean, there's no obligation. I think they're
2: all really good. I think they're really good choices. But I don't think... I think General Gordon would have the same luck as Jimmy Carter, really.
0: Yeah. Right. I think they'd
2: make him go on loads of dates and he'd, he'd find it horrible.
0: He'd hate he'd, it. He'd really hate he'd it. would yeah. Some people walk out, don't they? Don't some people walk?
2: Yeah. Someone walked out last week, actually, because he thought, this isn't for me.
0: I, I see General Gordon as somebody who would walk out quite quickly.
2: I, yeah, I would agree with that, Dominic. Uh,
0: yeah, I think he would walk out very quickly. So, So probably
1: none of them, then. That's disappointing. Well, I don't think guys, deck apparently.
2: shoes are enough to, to get you booted off the island. But um,
1: okay, I don't think instinctively,
2: opinion. I don't think that I, none of these people are speaking to me as his soulmate.
1: Okay, okay, no. fine. Okay. okay, so so um so
0: Dominic, the uh the three the three girls, so the three ladies. So I think it's fair to say, isn't it, Katie, that Love Island is a is a as a story like all reality TV shows of heroes and villains, and the producers like to create villains. Yeah. So I thought I'd bring on one of history's great undisputed villains and that is the writer virginia Woolf. <laughs> um, so mrs Woolf enters the house i mean people will know her uh, modernist writer author of mrs dalloway to the lighthouse and so on um also a towering world-class snob um, who's always <laughs> writing her diary about how she hates her servants and wishes they're all dead and they're horribly fat and common and all this sort of thing well she wouldn't um, have to worry about fat people would she no, that's not going to be a problem. But the, co- the issue of—I mean, Theodora is, is from the sort of wrong side of the tracks. Lola Montez, um, Virginia Wolf. I uh, personally, I see her trying to form an alliance early on with Marcia Williams. They both have a sort of equine look. Yes.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> so they might bond. They might bond over that. Would, would to? I mean, Katie, the decision is yours. I know. I think Virginia Wolf <laughs> would get on quite well with Judas. <laughs> Oh, Dominic. <laughs> but you may disagree. I mean, she hated Stanley Baldwin, by the way. There was bad blood there. Because Stanley Baldwin, Ooh. you know, represents everything that Mrs. Wolf despises in the politics of the 1920s. So the yeah. producers know that, of course. Of so course that's almost so like she...
2: bringing on an ex or something. So when she <laughs> when enters the show... When you've got bad blood before, yeah. I
0: think the cameras are on Stanley Baldwin's face. Yeah. He's rolling his <laughs> eyes. Like, oh and... my
2: God, it's Virginia.
0: Okay, who else, Dominic? Um, so South Virginia Wolf. Um, my next one... Uh, I have to say, Tom Tom was slightly instrumental in some of these choices. The next one <laughs> is another is another great fan favorite, though some people might say another villainess, somebody who's going to have a little bit of an issue possibly with Marcia Williams, and that's um, the late Baroness Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Mrs. Thatcher. Now, she's an interesting one because, eight, she loves dancing; she's well up for the dancing challenges. Because when she visited the White House in, I think, nineteen eighty-one, Dennis. And the ambassador and so on had to basically prize her away from receptions because she wanted to keep dancing into the small hours. And actually, when they got to New York at the end of the trip, she again said at the end of one evening, I'd love to now go dancing. And but, they were like, no, no, Prime Minister, you can't go dancing. So that's an issue. So, But she wouldn't like sitting around by a swimming pool, would she? No, because she hated holidays. This is a problem. She was always trying to work. <laughs> <laughs> She would undoubtedly bring work with her. <laughs> I worry that she would argue with Marcia Williams a lot about inflation or something. I mean, she hated, she didn't get on with Jimmy Carter. So again.
2: Oh, I was about to say maybe that could be a.
0: He was teaser teetotaler. She likes a drink of an evening. She went to the White House and had a terrible time when he was the host.
2: But they're both quite exorious, aren't they? So
0: Well, they are. They are. Um... Although she had an eye for kind of raffish, slightly sleazy lounge lizard men.
2: Maybe Byron. She loves that. She would She'd like.
0: love Byron. She'd, she hated Jimmy Carter because he's boring. She'd love Byron. She'd love Custer. I actually think deep down she would have a slight soft spot for Judas.
2: <laughs> Gosh, yeah. <laughs> no,
0: she's very de- she's devout. Methodism. But the methodism, the methodism is an issue there. <laughs> no, I, I don't think, think so. I well, think
2: the Virginia Woolf, I don't think, is strong enough to tear apart Marcy Williams and, and Judas for me.
0: Oh, really? Okay. And what about your third choice, Dominic? Yeah, well, what Kate is thinking about, the, Mrs Thatcher, the third choice... Um, a real favourite of Tom's, this, and I have to say, he put me up to this. Yeah, I did. It's um, it appears to be um, the the late Empress Popea, wife of the Emperor Nero, Ooh. but it must become quite quickly apparent, Tom, if it's this whole swimwear stuff and all this business, that actually this is Nero's. It's <laughs> a slave, isn't he? Uh, he's a freedman. He's a freed, a freed boy. Freed boy. A freed boy called Sporus, who Nero
1: has had castrated to make him look like Popea. which I think is something perhaps that the, the Love Island production hasn't yet investigated.
0: So we're ahead they of the curve They definitely haven't, no. So they haven't yeah. introduced a eunuch. So this is very progressive. I mean, there's there's probably going to be complaints on social media about Love Island going woke. With
2: this. <laughs> I know exactly um, what would happen to Sporus. actually. That's the one I do know. What's going to happen? I think... Sporus and Byron will get together.
0: So what happens to Olympias?
2: Leaving Olympias jilted and booted off the island. Because if you're single, you can't survive.
0: Olympias booted off the island. But hold on. At this point, at the point that Sporus jumps into bed with Byron. Yeah. I mean, in desperation, isn't she going to try and make a move on Judas or something? Or on Margaret Thatcher? I mean...
1: Well, listen we we need to get we need to decide who our couples are, Katie. So you need to decide. So are you are you booting Olympias off, and Byron is, is Surely, pairing up with Sporus? Yeah,
2: yeah. And I make a, I know about.
1: Surely Olympias would make a move on Jimmy Carter rather than Francis Stewart. And and Paul Francis Stewart is so dumb that she'd be powerless. She'd wake up and find three enormous snakes in her bed, and it would never cross her mind that someone was out to get her because she'd be too dumb.
2: Do you think Olympias would have things to talk about with Jimmy Carter?
1: <laughs> yeah, th- Olympias is a, is a woman with a, a, a hard headed understanding of power. So I think that she would she'd be able to help Jimmy Carter with the energy crisis with and certainly she'd be able to help him with his running. She Oh, running I out. like that. I like that. Okay. So um, Byron and
0: Sporus. Byron, Byron and, Sporus. and Sporus.
2: And then let's go for Olympias and, and Jimmy Carter. And then let's get rid of Francis Stewart.
0: And the rest are all as is. Yeah. Stanley Baldwin and Theodora. Judas is still with uh, with Marcia.
2: Yeah, I feel quite strongly about that.
0: Wow.
1: Okay. And then Custer and uh, Lola. Yeah. Okay. So Katie. So the so the five historical Love Island 2022 contestants are Lord Byron and Sporus, Jimmy Carter and Olympias, <laughs> Stanley Baldwin and Theodora, Judas and Marcia Falkender, General Custer and Lola Montez. Now only four can go forward to the public vote. Which of those five couples are you going to evict?
2: I think. It might have to be Judas and and Marcy Williams.
1: Wow. That is a bombshell for Judas. That that is a bombshell. He's gone back. He just can't win, can he? I mean...
2: (laughs) I just don't think people... I I think people don't trust them.
0: He was in it for the money and now nothing. And now nothing.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I think it was a bit transparent, maybe, his motives. So the public didn't like it.
1: So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's the result. We will put this up to vote on Twitter. Byron and Sporus, Carter and Olympias... Baldwin and Theodora Custer and Montez amazing but there can be only one victor only one winning couple and it is up to you the public to decide and so we will announce the result in a special bonus episode that we will put out in what a day after tomorrow Uh, and we will go over the entrails have a look analyse the drama uh, and crown our 2022 Historical Love Island champions thanks very much for listening bye 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 bye
0: Hi Restus History fans, if you want
1: more Tom Holland in your life, and frankly why wouldn't you, I have some good news for you. I'm Emily Dean and I'm thrilled to say that this week Tom is a guest on my podcast Walking the Dog, where you get to hear well-known
0: faces at their most relaxed, because I talk to them over a leisurely outdoor stroll with my dog Raymond. And you can join us this week for a very special two-part in-depth chat with Tom Holland. And yes, I'm afraid I did ask him this question. Tom...
2: How often do you think about the Roman Empire?
1: I think about it a huge amount. In fact, there are days where I barely stop thinking about it. My brain is occupied by the Romans. It's like Gaul. If you want to hear more of my chat with Tom, give Walking the Dog a listen this week. And while you're there, you can take your pick from episodes starring the likes of Ricky Gervais, Jack Whitehall and Jimmy Carr. What's that, Raymond? Yes, The Rest is History did do an episode
0: all about the greatest dogs in history. No, you weren't in it. Most spoiled dog in history, maybe.